Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today we are doing a check-in with Liz and seeing how things are going for her and Jake. Hey guys. Hey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, well, I am relieved, I guess, to be doing a more positive check-in than my last couple. <laughs> um, so I guess where to start? Um, actually, it all started a couple of weekends ago. We were we were recording our podcast with uh, Bruce Perkins, the interventionist, and I don't know. It was something about leaving that um, recording. I was just feeling kind of inspired by some of the things he said about you know how there's hope and reaching out to people, and so I just thought, you know what the heck, I'm gonna call Jake. And just see like how he's doing. I hadn't talked to him in a few weeks at that point. Um, and I was, I don't know, it wasn't even really, I, I wasn't calling with the intention of being like, go get help. It was more, I just wanted to see, I don't know, hear his voice or whatever. I wasn't even sure he would answer, but he actually did. And um, he asked if I would meet up with him that night. And I, I just feel like the planets must have been aligning that day like it just so happened that was the day that I felt like okay I'm gonna call him and turns out a whole bunch of shit was happening for him at work uh, he was getting suspended he was about to get kicked out of the recovery house uh, so he was just at a point where he felt I don't know I guess like all the walls were like caving in his lies were imploding um, I don't know so anyway we met up and uh, well, he was still kind of high from the morning, so that was a little bit weird. I didn't notice at first, and then partway through, I was like, wait, are you high? He was like, I don't think I should be. I used this morning, but like, it, I think it was pretty strong stuff, and so maybe. Um, and I was just, just like, okay, I don't know. I was like, this is not going well already. Um <laughs> But it actually got better. He just opened up about, like, I can't keep doing this anymore. I'm just exhausted. Um, All of my lies are just, like, getting tangled up. And, like, I can't keep things straight. I'm about to, like, lose my job, get kicked out of the house, all of that stuff. And so I just really was listening to him. And I had decided when we were meeting up, I was like, I'm not going into this to beg him to get help or any of that stuff. Like I've said everything I can in the past. Um, So I just listened. And then when he got done, I was like, all right, well, so what does all of this mean? And he said, well, I'm ready to get help. I want to come clean to the recovery house tomorrow in our morning meeting. And when I do that, like, it's automatic eviction. So 
um, that will kind of get the ball rolling. And then if you are still willing to take me to treatment, like I, I, that's what I would like to do. Um, and I told him, I was like, all, all along I've been saying when you're ready to go, like, I would be happy to take you. And like, I still mean that. And I said, it will just depend on if you actually call. Um, and so I was like super hopeful, but also I guess trying not to get my hopes up because there have been, I don't know, a few times where he's talked about like, oh yeah, I'm ready. I just need to do X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, it doesn't happen. But the um, next morning I got up and I feel like this is something I learned in group. Um, I don't, there's this one lady who has always said before, like when things feel chaotic in your life, the best thing to do is just do like the next thing you were going to do. Just like keep moving forward. And so instead of like getting up that morning and just sitting around like waiting for Jake to call or wondering and building the anxiety, I was like, well, I was planning on working out today. I'm going to go to the gym and just keep doing whatever I was going to do. And if he calls me, great. And if he doesn't, I'm just going to go about my life. Um, so I was at the gym and my phone rang and it was Jake and I answered and he said, all right, it's done. I told the house I'm packing up my things right now. Like I'm ready to go. And I like almost fell off the treadmill. <laughs> um, <laughs> And really, I just was like, oh my gosh, Jake, I am so proud of you. Like, that was all that I could say. I was just like, I don't know. I had been waiting to hear that. So it was a relief. And then I was like, okay, so this real, like, I can come get you. And he was like, yes. So um, then we went to the treatment facility in town and, um, so when you get there, you have to go through access, which is where they um, do an assessment to figure out what level of care you need. And you can obviously schedule an appointment ahead of time if you know when you're going to be there. But I feel like in most situations, you, it's hard to know when you're going to show up because if an addict is like, oh, I'm ready to help, like you need to go immediately. It can't be like, oh, I'm ready to go help, get help. Uh, let's go do an appointment in three days. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So we got there and I was just like really hoping that we could get in. Um, well, what was his state of mind in the car? Like, what were you guys talking about? Was he high? Oh. Um, was he high? Was that what you asked? Yeah. Well, yeah. No. So he had the last time he had used was Saturday. He was completely out of money. He was um, he had been kicked out of the house now. So his state of mind was like. I would say relief. It kind of seemed like there was a weight off of him and he had been really nervous. One of his excuses for a long time of why he couldn't get treatment is because he didn't want to come clean to all the guys at the recovery house because he was afraid, you know, that they wouldn't be friends with him anymore, which I was like, that's so stupid. They're all addicts. And if anyone's going to understand, it would be them. Right. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Um, on the way in the car, he was actually getting texts from several of the guys that he was close to who were all like, dude, we're really proud of you. Like, you know, go get help. Like you can always come back when you're ready. Like, you know, glad you're doing this for yourself. Um, so I think that felt good for him. And um, he had texted his family and let them know. So they were giving him messages 
I don't know. It was, I guess it was just a sense of like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Like I'm tired of the bullshit. So let's go. Cool. Yeah. So I felt good about that. Um, I guess when was it six and a half years when we first went to treatment, like he was like withdrawing really bad and was like, ready like wanting to use like desperately and like tried to jump out of the car and it was a very (laughs) traumatic trip he actually commented on that when we were driving to treatment this time he was like this feels a lot calmer than the last time like he was like I feel good like like I'm ready to do this we're not yelling at each other and I'm not like trying to jump out of the car (laughs) oh my god yeah um yep that this is better, I guess. I well, the other time you broke up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there was the time in between. I forgot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess I'm tried to block that out of, my, out of my memory. Yeah, the last time was um, very dramatic in the sense that I left him there to take the bus. And mm-hmm. we broke up. So this was a different situation, much more positive. Um, and so I was feeling very hopeful, good. We get there. Um, and then this is where like the experience kind of started to change and not to any fault of Jake's. Um, they just, the lady at admissions, um, wasn't super helpful. She was just like, the first thing she said was, oh, we ran your insurance. It doesn't look like you have any, so we can't really do anything. And we're standing there. I'm standing there with, you know, Jake, the addict. I'm like, he does not need to hear any excuses of why not to go into treatment. Mm -hmm. And so then I started getting a little nervous, like, okay, is he just going to say, oh, screw this, like, I'm out. Um, But... He didn't. We were both like, so what does that mean? Like, can you do self-pay? And she was like, well, you'd have to put down a deposit, um, which I was not really prepared to do that. I hadn't talked to his family at all about what, how they felt about helping out. Jake has zero money currently. Um, so it just all of a sudden it was like panic of shit. Like, what do we do? Like, he's finally ready to get treatment and now we're being told like sorry not really possible right now um so I just kind of pushed forward though and I was like look can you at least do the assessment and while he's doing the assessment like that will give me some time to try and figure out um the money situation and she was like oh okay sure we can we can do that so I feel like if anything that i and all, there will be more, but all that I've been learning from this experience is like how much you have to advocate and that, yeah, if you get like a no the first time, um, you have to kind of keep pushing and advocating for yourself because it would have been so easy for us to just be like, okay, well, I guess that's not working and then leaving. And who knows, like Jake could be out on the streets using currently. Mm-hmm. Um So while they were doing the assessment, I was trying to reach his parents and see what everyone's thoughts were. Um, And they were sort of like, well, I don't know. Do we think it's going to work this time? Or, I mean, we'll, we'll do whatever we can do. Um, Just, so it was kind of unclear of how, I don't know. 
it was a little unclear of like, okay, so what are we going to do about this? And then in during that time, I got called back in. He, they were finishing his assessment, um, and they recommended that he needed inpatient. They said, like, based on everything, he does qualify for, like, the detox inpatient part. Um, but we don't have any beds, so he can just go to the partial hospitalization program, PHP, um, and he can just start that, and we'll put him on Suboxone, and he'll do that for three weeks. And luckily, because I know um, a little bit about addiction and recovery from, you know, everything over the last several years, I was like, hold on, inpatient and PHP are two very different things. Like nothing against PHP, that is a good step, but it is a, a level of care below inpatient. And if what he needs is inpatient, then PHP is not the equivalent so can you so at the end liz can you like what had his drug use gotten to be oh um he was at the point where if he could have been he would have been using every day probably multiple times a day um in those last couple weeks i guess he was using about every three days um, just because money-wise he was like trying to scrape by and he kind of dug himself into a hole like where he owed his dealer a bunch of money also so there were some times where he was like trying to get drugs and his dealer would be like no you still owe me two hundred dollars from whatever so you know I'm taking that money and not getting you anything Um, so the amount that he was actually using was less than he had probably been using over the last couple of months. Um, but that wasn't by his choice. Like in his mind, he was like, if, if money was available, he would have been using daily. Um, and I guess there was a period of time in December where like he would use like a couple times a day. Um, and he was, I guess, speedballing, um, which is, shooting uh heroin and coke mm-hmm. which i was like oh i don't i don't know i knew that he had done that before a couple of times but i it was a little surprising to find out that like that had become the regular thing he was doing yeah and so then when you hear inpatient which would be overnight care 24-hour care and then partial hospitalization i think is only from nine to five nine to four yeah that specific program is from 9 a.m to 4 p.m so five to go days a week from using as often as he could to a php was a big difference right and it's like the whole point is he is not in a place where he cannot use like he needs to be like he needs to be confined somewhere where he like can't just go get drugs when he's starting to feel the withdrawal symptoms or whatever and they were like well we could put him on suboxone which i was proud of jake before because i was about to be like no um but jake was actually like well suboxone isn't an option for me um I can't be on that if I want to live in this recovery house. Um, Like I want to get on Vivitrol, which I know I need to be clean for about 10 days before I can get the Vivitrol shot. So the Suboxone will not work. And they were like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So yes, 
it was just like, no, that, this is not what he needs. Like he needs to be in somewhere and he needs like a hard reset, like get all the shit out of his system and be able to start clean. Um, but they were like, well, we don't have any beds, so it's just really not an option. And I don't know. I just was sitting in that chair and I, you can't make them have more beds. I understand that. But just the like feeling of desperation where you're like, oh my gosh, I have this person here who is ready to get help right now. Like, what do I do with them? Right. Um, they were like, well, we can give you a list of other places and facilities and you can try, you know, try going there. Um, and I was like, well, I guess we'll take the list. And so they give me a list that it probably had, um, I don't know, maybe 15 other like places or programs in our state. But I was just looking at it and felt so overwhelmed because it was like a few of them I had heard the name of, but I didn't really know much about. There were several where I was like, I've never even heard of it. And so I just had no idea of like, well, where do we even start on this list? Um, The treatment center that we went to originally is the one that is like the most well-known in our city for... um, treating addiction and it's where we've gone to our family support group for years and it's where Jake went before so like that was the place I felt comfortable with and then when that wasn't an option I just felt panic on like well I don't I don't know what the other options are um so I guess that's something that in hindsight or some advice that I would share with people if you're trying if you think your loved one might go into treatment eventually is maybe like just start researching other places in around um, or trying to like read reviews. I don't know. I just was like, I feel like I've been in the like recovery community for a while and I still was like not sure what to do. Yeah. And probably also researching or knowing what you're, insurance is too just at least having an idea of what they cover right yeah that was something obviously Jake and I aren't on the same insurance um his insurance hasn't changed since the last time he went to treatment so we were assuming it would be fine and so totally caught off guard when we got there and they were like oh actually you know it's saying it doesn't cover anything and I'm like wait what um and we tried to call his insurance like the number on the back of the card but it was like you've reached us outside of office hours I was like, well that's not helpful <laughs> um something that I've learned though through this is that I could have pushed the lady at admissions more to like dig deeper into the insurance um because I found out later that for some reason when they would just run it through the computer, it would pop up saying that he had no substance abuse coverage. But if they went like the next couple of steps and um, verified through, I don't know what it was, like the benefits, they might have had to call someone, although it was a Sunday, so she could have ran into the same problems. When they did verify 
then it said showed that he did have coverage and it listed out exactly what it was um so again like advocating for yourself i'm like no i know that's not right i need you to call people um but it would have been helpful if i had been if we had known exactly what his benefits were going in it was just not prepared for that yeah Mm Um, so then when we got the list, I don't know, at this point it was like late in the afternoon and I just was like, shoot, I don't know what to do. Like, and I was also thinking in the back of my head, like, he can't come home with me tonight. Like, that's not an option. Like, cause who knows what that would have led to if he came home. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I know that I cannot bring him back to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, so as I'm thinking all of this, Jake actually said, what if we go to Muncie, um, which is where his family lives? And he was like, I just feel like I need to get out of town. Um, Like, if I'm not going to be in treatment somewhere tonight, like, I need to get out of town so that I am just away, like, not an Uber drive away from my drug dealer's house. And so it was... I felt good to hear him like kind of thinking through those things. I was like, okay, this is positive. He's still wanting treatment. He's like not throwing in the towel at the first, you know, barrier we run into. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also thought it would be good to get his family, like have his parents involved a little bit, um, get some backup from them. So we went to his parents, um, stayed there that night. And had started like reviewing some of the places on the list. So then the next morning we um, started making calls. Um, and that's when we found out the what his actual insurance was. So at that point, uh, I just thought, you know, I wonder if I called the treatment center again and just see if they have any beds open today. And so when I called, they, I was like, if I brought in someone for detox, like, do you have beds available? And the girl on the phone was like, oh, yeah, we have beds. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, I was literally there like less than 12 hours ago and was told that wasn't the case. And this was a different person from the day before. So she was like, I'm so sorry. I I don't know why that would have happened. She was like, you know, sometimes people are discharged in the morning. Um, so maybe that's it. Like, this girl was very helpful and like also looked into the insurance and it was just, I don't know. I was so frustrated. I'm like, what, why are people not, where is the miscommunication? Mm-hmm. I guess like what is happening? How could we be there and be turned away? And then the next day be like, Oh yeah, come in. Um, so we were, going back and forth trying to figure out insurance at this point we had called a couple other places we were waiting to hear back from them um finally decided like all right i think we should go back with to the first option that was what we wanted in the first place so i called them to say we're on our way and when i called they're like oh well now we have no beds available (laughs) and i literally at that point just like started crying on the phone like i felt so frustrated and defeated and 
during this time, Jake had been pretty good about like he was also calling places and answering their questions. Like each place we'd call, they'd have him go through um, an over the phone assessment of like, tell us your entire drug history and, you know, your past treatment history and everything. And he went through that probably like three different times. And each time I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be the last time (laughs) he's going to say, I'm done with this. Like, I'm over it. I'm just going to go use again. Like, this is not working. Mm -hmm. Um, So as the time was going on, like the panic in me was building up a little bit. And then like the withdrawals were like starting to kick in more for him. Like he was starting to get a little like irritable, actually just mostly sleepy. Like, he just kept, like, falling asleep. Like, every time we'd get off the phone, he'd, like, lay down, and then he'd fall asleep. Hmm. And I was thinking, like, if I were not here to, like, keep the ball moving, not not that it had to be me specifically. Like, I'm saying, like, if there was nobody else, like, helping him, mm-hmm. like, he was not in a place to, like, advocate for himself. And, yeah. Like, I don't see I, – I, I feel like any addict at that point – would be like, all right, well, I tried a few things and it's not working. I guess this is a sign yeah. that I should just keep using. Um, but I don't know. So after a lot of back and forth, uh, finally, we were able to go back to the treatment center, went through all of, he went through an assessment again, and he got admitted that evening and he was in for what well, we were told when he went in that it would be about 14 days and I was like oh thank god like two weeks I can just be like yay he's somewhere safe and I don't know just peace of mind Mm -hmm. um and so I'm trying to think now what I don't know any questions or anything you can think of that I'm forgetting um you know where he's gonna live after this like so he spent the one night at his parents and then he's going to be there. But then do you have any idea of like what he, what his longer term plan is? We hadn't really talked about it too much at that point because um, it was one of those things where he was like, well, we'll see what they say in treatment. Like, you know, usually there's the follow up. And so he was kind of open. He was open to considering that. He was also saying, you know when he gets kicked out of people, when they leave the recovery house that he was in, they make you wait two weeks before they'll allow you to come back in. And obviously when they allow you to come back in, you have to pass your tests and Mm -hmm. they have to accept you back. Um, So it was like, Oh, that was kind of an option. Also, like he would be in treatment for two weeks. If he got out, he would either do whatever programming they were uh, recommending or he could, go back to the recovery house or go back to, or not go back to maybe try a different recovery house around. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it wasn't really clear at that point. Like, I don't know. It was just the couple days before it had been so consumed with, let's just get him into treatment um, that it didn't really think past it. And then it was like, okay, he's going to be in treatment for 14 days. Like that gives us some time to, think about what's next mm-hmm. then. Um, but then like five days in, it was like, oh, surprise, he's actually going to get discharged um, 
on day eight because insurance won't allow us to keep him here any longer. And so that was like, oh, shit. Like, now we really have to figure out what's going on. And, uh, yeah, so then the panic came back. Yeah, that's stressful. What was he – what was kind of his mentality just kind of being – five-ish days there and then having like that that curveball thrown how did he handle that um he was pretty anxious about it um he was just like shit he was like I feel like I you know the last few days I've just kind of been how did he say he was like I've just been kind of decompressing and going to like the group meetings and he was like, I haven't really like started thinking too much about where I was going. Cause I still thought I had, you know, another week and a half. Right. And he was like, and now I'm like, shit, I like wasted that time. I should have been thinking more. Um, so he was very anxious. And then he was like, kept going back and forth. on like, I don't know what the right thing to do is. Um, the, treatment facility was recommending their PHP program. Um, They were recommending their PHP program and their supportive living Mm -hmm. house um, housing situation. So he would have lived, the option was to like live in these apartments that the treatment center owns. You have a couple of roommates and then they, the hospital provides transportation to and from those apartments to the, um, like group therapy meetings and all of like the PHP stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was one option. Um, then Jake also, which he was considering at first, but then he was also like, well, maybe I just need to, you know, get back and start working the steps, like, um, like really dive into going back to my meetings and the step work. Like, I know that's what I need to do in the long run. And is PHP going to um, just, delay me from doing that and so the times when he would only talk about that made me a little nervous like you've only been clean for like eight days at this point now you can't just like plop yourself back into your the world you just were in and like everything's going to go back to normal like that won't work right um but I was also very aware and where it's like he needs to make these decisions. I can give my opinions, but I know it has to be like what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was encouraging because he didn't have his phone or anything while he was there. So I could only like talk to him when he called, um, which he called every day. Like we, we talked about once a day. Um, and so one of the times he called, he was like, can you give me, the number for my sponsor and a couple other people who were in recovery with him. Um, he was like, I want to call them and just talk through everything and like get their opinion. Um, which was good. I think that's something, you know, usually they say in the program, like you should be reaching out and talking to people about stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, that's good. Um, so it was just, I don't know. I think there was like an internal, struggle um for him and he literally came down to the last day before he made a decision um and he decided to do 
he decided he was going to move back to the recovery house that he came from. Um, He had talked to the house manager there and they said that they would allow him to come back. They wanted him to come back, but they were like, things are going to be different. Um, Instead of the like mandatory three meetings a week, you're going to be required to go to five meetings a week. Um, It's not going to be random drug testing. Like we're going to regular, we're going to be drug testing you at least two or three times a week. Um, They had found out how he was getting around the drug tests. Um, He was using clean urine, which sounds really gross. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, So they found out that he had been doing that and how he like hit it. Um, So they were then aware of his like tricks and things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt like, I, I guess I feel okay about him going back there. At first I was like, no, that's a terrible decision. He like already knows his way around the system. Um, but the more I thought about it and my counselor actually brought this up also, she was like, um, she said, one of the things that Jake has always missed in his, like, like has one of the pieces he's always been missing in his recovery is like really having a, a group of like recovery friends or like people that he can reach out to and be honest with. And it sounds like he's found some of those people at the recovery house. And based on, you know, the, the texts and things they were sending him, she was like, it sounds like they're supportive of him. And, you know, now, now all of these people are aware of what he was doing. And she was like, it might be better for him to go to a place where he has like already a support system created and where they kind of know his tricks to um, get around the system. Right. And so I was like, yeah, that's true. That, so that made me feel better. And I guess mm-hmm. really the thing is wherever he is, if he wants to use, like he can use yeah. or if he doesn't want to use, he won't use. And so I don't know. Only time will tell on that. Um, But then the one thing I kept saying was like, I, you know, I, I get if you want to go back to the recovery house and I, I can understand that. I think that decision is fine. I was like, but I feel like you do need to do some other like aftercare because if you go back and you're just going to go to work or whatever, like, I don't know, that just makes me feel nervous. And he also felt nervous about work, just the way that he kind of left things at work. He was like, I'm not even sure if it's a good place for me to go back, like everything Mm -hmm. that I've done there. Like, he was like, I just don't know. And so honestly, I think a big part of him choosing to do PHP um, was to like give more time away from work (laughs) and like figure out that stuff. Because he was so uh, concerned about losing his job this whole time. Yeah, well, and so what he told me was, like, in the last month or month and a half, like, there had been several conversations between him and HR and his bosses because he was starting to, like, come to work late or um, he'd be at work and just, like, disappear for an hour or so because um, his dealer would come to work and get drugs. And then Jake would use in the bathroom and 
just kind of disappear for a little while. And so like these instances were occurring more and more. And um, so he was kind of not in a good place at work. And so they, um, the last day that he was there, um, he had, he had used at work and um, his boss or his boss's boss, like found him in the locker room and he was like basically totally out of it. And the guy was like, all right, something like something is not right. Like, I don't know what's going on, but we're sending you to get a drug test. And, um, Jake was just so out of it. He was like, I couldn't even really say anything to him. So they sent him to get a drug test and they were suspending him pending the results. So, yes. (laughs) Um, so there was, yeah, some anxiety around work and not knowing like, is he going to have a job there? Is he not like, and then he was saying like, um, even if I do keep my job, is it a good place for me to go back to when it's like a place that I was using at so much? Right. Um, well, then let's talk about like your state of mind. Like when he was saying, uh, you know, I don't, I just want to do the step works. I don't want to go into PHP, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my state of mind, um, guess that was there were multiple things going on on one hand I'm like the things that he's saying about I need to do the step work and just go all in on the program I'm like yes those are all true things and I I can understand that um and I'm supportive of those things like I I want him to get through the steps um but then there was I guess there was also this feeling of like, I don't know. Oh, is he just saying these things to get out of something? And, you know, is he just talking a good, a good game of like, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. But then he's not going to actually follow through with any of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a lot of like, I guess a lot of questioning on, you know, are the things he's saying actually true or, you know, is he just, saying the right, like saying things that sound good. Then there's also the concern of like his brain needs some time to heal. And Mm -hmm. I feel like group therapy would be helpful for him. Um, And so I was like, I, I just didn't want him to dismiss that. Um, I don't know. So it was a lot of back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So where are things today? Today, um, he is back at the recovery house. He ha- he started PHP, um, so he's been in that for like three days now. And part of as part of that, I had told him like, "Look, if you do PHP, I know transportation could be a challenge. Um, like, I would be willing to help get you to and from the program every day." Mm-hmm. Um, which I kind of wondered at first, I was like, oh, is this me doing too much? But I don't know, maybe it is, but honestly, I feel okay with it. Um, I feel like he's taking the right steps and as, you know, 
trying to do things for recovery. And so I am willing to help him do that. Um, it's also been nice that it's behind, we've been like using that time to, I don't know, just catch up a little bit. Um, cause he obviously is back at the recovery house. So it's not like we're just hanging out really regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and also we wanted to be cautious of just jumping back into our relationship where it was. So we like, we're not like officially back together. I'm not changing my Facebook status or anything <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, like we're still broken up technically, but, um, I would like for us to be able to be back together at some point. And so we're just kind of, I don't know, working on building up to that to see if that's a possibility. Um, It's so so early in his recovery now. I think he's like two weeks clean. Um, So I don't know. It's hard hard to tell, but it's been nice to be in communication again and um, spend a little bit of time together. Um, And he has actually, you know, he was a little on the fence about PHP was like, Oh, like I, I'm going to, I'll do it. But you know, I hope it's not a waste of time. And he, I think it's surprising him. He actually has liked it there. He, when was it? Friday I picked him up and he was like oh it was actually like pretty fun today like we did some cool like um role play games or whatever it was and every day he's had some story about the topic that they discussed uh so it it sounds positive and yeah I don't know hopefully it's good for him well that's good Good. those are all good steps yeah they're all good steps. Hopefully they keep going. I The thing that I really have to work on is just staying in today. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I have a tendency to, like, go way out into the future and start predicting or worrying about what's going to happen. And so I, I'm trying to be very mindful about just, like, staying in the moment mm-hmm. and like taking care of what I can take care of today and worry about other things as, as they actually happen rather than all of the pre-worrying that I like to do. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I relate to that. So (laughs) it's so hard. Yeah, it is. Cool. So how, how are you, sorry. Um, how, how are you doing like, aside from just trying to work on that, like, how are you feeling about the situation now and kind of taking care of yourself and figuring all this out? Like what, where are you with everything? Um, I guess, I don't know. The main thing that just keeps coming to mind is like relieved. Mm -hmm. Like it's just some peace of mind. Also hopeful. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, I really hope that, you know, he, can get recovery this time and he 
I'm very like encouraged by his actions and um, like he met with his sponsor and he's working on finding um, a, a new sponsor who will be a little bit more um, like sh- strict with accountability because mm-hmm. um, they, he and his old sponsor, like we're talking, like they love hanging out. They are, they really like get along well and things, but um, they're almost like too similar mm-hmm. in the sense where it's like, oh yeah, like we'll get together when we'll get together. And Jake is realizing that especially like in this time, he needs somebody who's going to be more like, you need to call me every day. We are meeting and working the steps here. Um, so he's really, he's been going to eight, uh, HA meetings. Mm-hmm. And so he, there are a couple people that he wants to talk to there. Um, but he's still in the meantime, keeping in contact with, his other sponsor. Yeah. So just like, I feel encouraged by those things and I'm hopeful that it continues. But then of course there's always the little part of me that, you know, when you're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. And then it's like, I'm like, I want to be hopeful, but like want to keep my hope in check a little bit so that if something happens then I'm not, devastated but who am I kidding I'll be devastated right right so I think that's something that I'm trying to work on also like something I realized during the last several months was um, how often like I base decisions or or don't make decisions and things based on fear of like oh I'm like what if this happens or whatever and I don't know and I just don't really want to live my life out of fear. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to work on that also. Well, good. Trying to manifest good things. There you go. (laughs) Which really, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that this did anything or not, but the few weeks leading up to um, when Jake, you know, agreed to go into treatment, like the few weeks, before that, I had really been focusing on my mindset. And instead of having the thoughts of like, when am I going to get the call that Jake is dead? Like, anytime that that would start to pop in, I would try and smash it and then change my thought to, oh, I wonder when I when it's when is it going to be that I get the call that Jake is ready for treatment. So I was like, really working on shifting my mindset a little bit. Yeah. And I had started I started writing in a gratitude journal (laughs) (laughs) which I had been so resistant about journaling it was like something where I would do it once and then be like okay I journaled and then like three weeks later I'd be like shoot I I should I should really journal right um and so then at the new year I was like all right I'm going to be better about this and so I don't know for a couple weeks I really was good at that and my mindset, my uh, mindset. So I don't know for sure if it played into it or anything, but I did feel like <laughs> more at peace during that time. So I'm going to continue working on those things. Those are good things. Yeah. So well did. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Glad that you have some yeah. good news and hopefully it can keep going on this path. 
Uh, and if anybody else has any short stories they want to share, please do on Boy Problems Pod and keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.